sometimes there's absolutely no difference at all between salvation and damnation. Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant, you could call him Chip, and today we are talking about episodes 16 through 18 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. So last time I kind of joked about, man, wouldn't it be weird if JoJo did a tournament arc? Well, we're kind of in that, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Probably the closest, <laughs> probably the closest, well can't exactly say that there is kind of a tournament arc in a later part of jojo but it's not what you usually expect from that but it, it's <laughs> might be more of a race than anything but mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. yeah it's it's time for kind of just a whole lot of fights in a row with no rest in between a lot of fights the winners of those fights square off with each other in the same location mm-hmm. we can kind of call it a tournament arc i don't think anybody's gonna get mad so we're starting off with episode 16, The Secret of Guard Westwood, mm-hmm. uh, and we, we get a bit of a recap from, you know, the, the previous episodes. So again, reminding us of Dio's butt bone. And Dio describing uh, the, the abilities of Survivor. Very yes. important. Yep. And so, yes, Jolene is in the very long name that I still can't remember the name of, Discipline Ward. I'm not going back to last week's notes to grab it. You're, <laughs> you're just, it's not. It's oh, not. no. <laughs> Everyone getting pissed off due to the powers of Survivor and the the prison guard Westwood uh, killing the other guy, the other guard that I cannot remember the name of right now. Liquor. Liquor. That's right. Liquor. Mm-hmm. His first name is Rubber Buns. Uh, <laughs> but but after the all the important recap, we get to the OP, and then back in the action, Jolene is getting all revved up to beat up that stand user. Oh no, she's been survivored. Oh no. Oh no. But, can survivor stand against the power of emotional honesty? <laughs> like, honestly, for being under the influence of survivor, Jolene's thoughts aren't that bad, and are probably kind of <laughs> justified because all of her thoughts are just well, that's like how it starts. <laughs> it's also where it ends. Like she's really yeah. in control of herself. Yeah, it's just I really want to kick that guy's ass and tear his stupid fucking head off. And that's about where it ends. She just thinks that to herself and then she catches herself and thinks, "What? That don't sound like me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we go on with the fight. Yeah, the, the big question here regarding Survivor's effect on Jolene Cujo is whether a battle teen can be trusted to know the difference between magic rage and fighting spirit. Yeah, yeah. So, a whole bunch of other prisoners have been let out. We have multiple stand users in here somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've got more special-looking dudes than we have stand users, which is very strange. <laughs> yes, yes it is. And then Jolene does the first of many cool and unique fighting stances. Yes. She's been taking classes. I don't know where, but she's been taking them. This happens multiple times throughout this fight where she will just, like, compose herself by taking a new fighting stance. And every time she does it, uh, there's, like, a whip cracking sound, which is pretty, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pretty dope. So so Westwood rushes her, and then she brings out Stone Free to, like, punish him for doing that. He is a guy with no stand. He is just a big, burly man. Mm-hmm. But he dodges this <laughs> by running up and around the doorway arch <laughs> like Sonic the goddamn Hedgehog. It's so, like, Looney Tunes, like, <laughs> it's it's so much funnier to see when it's animated, uh, especially just because the, the quickness of it. And the way that he somehow vanishes after doing that, 
for a second. Like I really wanted to have just dubbed over that, just him going whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> So like this is the most this is a goddamn fight of all the fights, right? Oh, yeah. Like up until a certain moment, they're just exchanging blows and, and or trying and failing to land blows. Like when uh, uh, Westwood jumps up for a flying leap that Jolene dodges and then ties his leg to his face, breaking it very badly. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he punches her in the gut anyway while they are close to one another. Mm-hmm. This, this continues what we saw like at the very end of the previous episode where Westwood is talking about seeing everyone's glorious muscle groups, their most dominant uh-huh. muscle groups, and you can see oh, them yes. overlaid on top of the people. They're sparkling and golden. Uh, he starts referring to these as points of power. Mm-hmm. It seems that everyone under the effect of Survivor can actually see this because eventually we're going to see Jolene seeing this dude's muscles and going like, okay... I actually did fuck that guy up because his muscles are all black and icky looking now. Yeah, yeah. But he can use this survivor vision to even see her strings. Yep. Which is interesting. So they, they continue to try to fight each other. And Jolene says to herself, no no normal humans are capable of these moves. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you saw a normal human? That's... The judge? Because... <laughs> It's been a lot. Yeah, I think the judge actually. <laughs> Even your friends aren't normal. Like they're they're some of the they're weirdest. the least normal people. <laughs> yeah, she she's constantly pushing Westwood back. She's like kicking him in the leg and making it bend the wrong way. He's going in for like big punches to crush her head in, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like there's a shot. Like she's just constantly restraining him with the string. Like wraps him around his arms to keep them in place, and like starts choking him. Big kick rush to the face that she's doing herself and not her stand. Yes. yes. And meanwhile, everyone is pairing off for for beatings. Yeah. And Jolene goes in for like the 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 final punch to take this guy out, and then suddenly Stone Freeze uh like bicep explodes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Blows up. That's bad. We don't we don't want that to happen. Uh, but she manages to still beat this dude's ass because, yes, she, she has tied each of his fists to his neck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she's just hog-tying this guy in new and creative ways. Uh, uh, and a disc gently ejects from the side of Westwood's head. Hmm. And Jolene takes long enough to try to figure out what this means for her in the situation that she's in, that it slides back in and he wakes up. <laughs> yeah. Should you yoink take, that you thing gotta out capitalize. Right come on, come yeah. on. Coup de gras, let's go. You gotta yoink that thing out and take it to the shrine and see what monster comes out of it. <laughs> oh, we're gonna see. We're gonna mm-hmm. see what sort of monster's in there. But uh, Jolene prepares herself for yet another round. She she stitches her gaping wound on her arm closed and does the super wide crouch stance. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird one, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Was there instructional manuals on various martial arts techniques, like in that library or something? They don't have fiction in there. They've got everything. I, I guess so. <laughs> So they do some more actual fight choreography. It's good. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, and when Jolene pops this dude in the jaw, a, a second head pops out. Some sort of red-colored uh, uh, humanoid stand is within Westwood. And Jolene's like, oh, shit. 
what the fuck is happening here? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like, even Westwood himself seems to have no idea what stands are or anything, but he's got one. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> the White Sink just shoved a disc in him and told him jack shit. <laughs> Um, so he comes back for more because because he has to. Survivor is live, and that's when Chilene like makes a thread shield. Yeah, it's it's that like she just makes a single thread that dangles all the way to the ground. She like steps on it to to make it taut, mm-hmm. and yeah, she just uses a single thread. And while you know, obviously explaining this out loud while it happens, like just uses that string to just deftly like deflect his punch into a different direction. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is cool and and then she handcuffs him with the thread and once uh they are attached to one another uh she flips the coat uh that she is wearing off and like down her arms onto his arms to cover his face so he's blinded like a hockey fight <laughs> and she fucking goes to work until her thigh explodes yeah she, she, she's she got multiple points in this fight where she probably could have ended him right there if it just wasn't for her dang limbs exploding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ain't that always the way? <laughs> yeah. At this point, she's just, like, panicking a bit, trying to think, okay, what the fuck does this stand do? While she falls to the ground because her thigh just exploded, uh, Westwood comes up and gets her, like, in a wrestling chokehold. Yeah, this is professional wrestling now. Like they're they're trading off momentum. Uh, uh, each one's hitting their spots, and then there's uh, it's all about like grappling and submission holds from from here on out. And uh, uh, and Westwood talks about how uh, how much he hates all inmates and <laughs> is so glad that he has the, a job that gets him to to like abuse his power above them. Mm-hmm. Who who would have thought guys like this would be attracted to a job where you ju- where you can do just that? Huh. Oh, crazy. Wow. Weird. So we see this red stand again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just pointing up into the sky at two small holes in the ceiling. The the detention wing uh is is lit as much as it is lit by a big massive glass ceiling above. Yeah. Uh and this is all the hint Jolene needs to figure out this stand's power. Which she does not share with us. She's just like, aha, I see, I understand. Mm-hmm. And she also knows that she's fucking screwed. Yeah. She's trying to do anything she can to get out of this hold. He's, like, transferred into a different hold where, like, that's all on her neck, lying her flat against the ground with all of his weight on her. And so she can't reach, like, with any of her punches. So instead she shoots out thread from her finger and mm-hmm. burrows it into his ear, destroying his eardrum. And it goes so deep, it comes out his tear ducts in his nose. Yes. It's all connected in there. It's uh, all, There's a root. Yeah, You're yeah. not going to like it, but there I is a like root. I don't like it. Like, <laughs> you know, see, seeing that in a panel and then seeing it animate is different because it's just a lot more visceral, seeing it happen in motion. And so, like, even mm-hmm, though I knew mm-hmm. it was coming, seeing it happen when I was watching it earlier this week, I was watching it with uh, with Jess, and we just both, like, went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> But what is a professional wrestling match without the announcers? That's right, the narrator is back. Oh, yeah, it's been a while. And he's here to give us some an astronomy lesson. It's time to talk about meteors. Mm-hmm. Because there are two flaming meteors that crash through the ceiling, headed straight for Jolene, reflected in an extreme close-up of her eye. <laughs> and that brings us to the Met episode title card, which reveals the stand... 
Planet Waves. Yeah. Uh, known in the dub as Starlight Waves. Never actually named. Like, it's, nope. only, it's only here that you see that name. This is named for the 1974 Bob Dylan album, Planet Waves. Mm-hmm. The one that has Forever Young on it twice. <laughs> right. Two different versions. One ends side A, the other begins side B. Mm. Just pick one, Bob. Just pick one. <laughs> so I like Planet Waves design. I think this one's pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of humanoid stands recently, but this one, yes, humanoid. Uh, just imagine you had a guy, and then all of his skin disappeared. That's the stand. <laughs> the the uh-huh, stand uh-huh. is just made out of bands of muscle. It's it's very like back to basics, and it works. Like yeah. he's. Uh, on top of that, he has little yellow highlights. He's got like hexagonal, uh, uh, like emerald shape yellow knee pads, mm-hmm. yellow ankle guards, yellow uh, uh, elbow guards, and the yellow knuckles. But the head is the only thing that's like we're gonna do something with this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you barely see this guy. Not not a lot of of uh, uh, deedly bobs all over him like some stands, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I guess, a pipe? How would you describe this hmm. structure that uh, emerges from the center of the forehead and then goes off, cocked to the one side? Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of describe it as a pipe. Mm-hmm. It is as if its forehead is being fed some sort of juice or something <laughs> via this pipe that is like very much like almost flush against its head. But it kind of goes yeah. up and curves to one side. Is it supposed to kind of make it like it's got little um, two little extra like valves coming off? Is it supposed to make its head look like a heart? I think that's what. Yeah, it is. I was gonna say it, it looks like the vein coming into the heart from from the lower body wrapped around. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, it's it's got like the the hierophant green style like eyes, and that's about it. But it's it's mm-hmm. a very basic but but cool design, I think originally known originally known in the manga as earth wind and fire <laughs> yeah uh written differently than uh uh mickey taka's earth wind and fire mm-hmm. and then they were like ah, okay yeah total totally separate name is probably the way to go on this one mm-hmm. so yes after the title card we see uh anasui making their way to the disciplinary wing they've knocked out a, mm-hmm. a prison guard they're scanning his eyeball to get through stuff so, so he's like implanting his uh, stands arms into the walls so that he can use them as like climbing points to grab yes. onto. Yes, yes, like, this is fun. I like that. And like grabs one of the arms, and the arm just slides across the wall and drags him along with it. Yeah, it's neat. And then Foo Fighters follows behind, doing their finger guns to to black out the cameras with their their pond gunk. Mm-hmm. It it's one of my favorite like I don't know tropes in like team up stories where you have two experts each using their own separate things uh, uh, to to infiltrate side by side. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's cool. She's also you know got a big cup to to drink from, which just says Larg. <laughs> <laughs> and they predict that there are minimum three stand users lying in wait, which Anazui seems to not have considered. Yeah. 
he's much more concerned with his uh, uh, payment for the job, which is a life of, of marital bliss. Mm-hmm. And Foo Fighters does indeed uh, uh, confirm they do not know what a married is. <laughs> yeah. And just shouts uh, out to him, enlighten me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's It's good. We missed something important while oh. we uh, cut back to Westwood about uh, the the different wrestle grapple moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, him bragging about how there's only one weak point in the hold he's got yes. Jolene in, and then naming it, which is his balls are exposed to counterattack. <laughs> yeah, and as she reaches to to pluck those plums, he uh. uh jumps both of them into the air so he can rotate his lower body away and frog splash her down yeah. Yeah. <laughs> into the, uh, an evolved and more perfect form of the same hold. And that's when she laces his faces. Yeah. All, all that dialogue coming from Westwood with, with the knowledge of it just being Barrett from uh-huh. the Seven remake was very, maybe very happy. I would have realized it on my own by this episode because there's a lot more shouting and that's when he sounds a lot more like Barrett. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also when he talks about how uh, his balls are exposed to a grasping attack, he says, quote, under different circumstances. I'd be psyched about that, though. <laughs> yeah. We're learning a lot about uh, uh, Mr. Westwood here today. Yeah, it's more than we need to know, honestly. So yeah, she does uh, uh, grab the string that's coming in and out of his face meat yep. uh, and and tugs on it so that he releases his grip. But even though she's free, Jolene takes a meteor to the ribs. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> the way the way it's animated, it makes it look like those that meteor just goes, destroys her ribs, and then it's just where her stomach is now. Like it, ju- it mm-hmm. just lives there. while the other one there were two coming after all uh uh, is still headed straight for mr westwood but it fizzles out to to harmless dust Mm -hmm. before hitting him hmm hmm Hmm. so he goes in for another submission hold uh this one has jolene uh uh like across his legs for his lower body so she threads a thread into his boot yeah God, yeah. this one also made me yell just seeing it in in action. And it gets under his toenail, and you know those like wire cheese slicers. Uh-huh. <laughs> there goes his toenail, and also the skin of his foot along with it. Yeah, you just it's... it becomes a pull tab, like opening up a can of cat food. <laughs> yeah. Like, you see it happen, like, in the animation. They don't cut away from it, but they do <laughs> color shift it so hard. <laughs> like, like it goes from normal colors to, like, red, green, and blue to the point where, like, it makes it a little less bad, but you're still seeing a toenail get ripped off and take all the skin off the foot with it. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. It's like fruit by the foot, but it, it's foot by the foot. <laughs> That what Jolene has been doing here with her thread is really nasty and hyper violent, but also I do enjoy it just for being incredibly creative uses of using her thread. Yeah, uh, we we've seen it do sutures, but now it's doing surgery. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But Westwood still got this stand, this this muscle freak stand, mm-hmm. uh, who has summoned three, three more meteors coming down. Uh, maybe we're in August. This is the Perseid meteor shower <laughs> happening right now. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Stonefree punches three meteors away before they impact Jolene, but it explodes like the stand and user's knuckles and hands, yeah. just leaving broken, bloody mess. Oh, oh, yeah. it's gross. Yep. And uh, and what can she do after all this but square up and strike another fighting pose? Yeah, God damn. It's great. That's JoJo. That's my JoJo. <laughs> uh, and it, this is where, you know, Jolene is thinking about the mechanics of his stand more. It basically just is the stand is constantly drawing meteors toward its own user and people around mm-hmm. it. And it will never hurt him. They just always fizzle out before they can hit him. So a, a very dangerous stand for a grappler to use. Yeah. And he's he's bragging about his, his ultimate dominance, of course. But of course, and, and Jolene is not paying attention to that. She's looking over at a weird little guy there's just a, off to the left. There's a weird little guy off to the left who's poking something on the ground. That something is Dio's bone. He got a bone. He got a bone. To, he's got a bone to poke. But Westwood, Westwood's got her. He's not letting her go. And, and as she hides inside one of the cells mm-hmm. uh, to, to, like, collect herself and plan out her next move, meteors crash into the brick wall of the cell and, and shatter the wall she's up against. Yeah. And he kicks Jolene across the jaw. Yeah. As she's falling down from that kick to the jaw, like, her eyes have rolled up in, in, into her head. Like, she's about to, like, black out and... But she's still thinking about how to kill this guy at the same time. <laughs> and then her like eyes just snap back into place. And she's just like, oh, I know how to get this fucker. Uh, and so she... Well, she starts thinking poetically yes. about like... No, Bob Dylan notes. Where did I go? One prisoner sees the wall and the other sees the stars through the bars. Which one am I? Well, we know which one you are. You're the one who sees the moon through the bars and gets an overwhelming word urge to jerk it. That's which one you are. How's that bet going, by the way? There's just something about the moon, man. Love it. There's just something about the moon, man, from the MTV channel I done. Mmm, mm, looking fine. So she gets kick after kick in the face yeah. as she is bent over backwards over this broken wall like a sacrificial altar as one last meteor strikes down at her. Mm-hmm. Like she's thinking to herself, like, I have no other way to defend myself with Stone Ocean and all that. But, oh, wait a minute. Got your boot. I got mm-hmm. your boot. Because mm-hmm. like, you could see earlier in the fight. Uh, when he's kicking her, she's trying to grab his boot a couple times, and she like puts thread around it before she gets kicked off the boot again. And yes, during all those kicks, she pulled off one of his boots. This is very professional wrestling. This is yeah. just like someone desperately fighting off attacks, and every time they get a moment, they unlace like the the cover on the turnbuckle, and then they get their ass beat for another two minutes. And they, <laughs> but then they get like ten seconds to unlace it more, and oh, you know it's coming. Oh, you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. And so this meteor flying towards her from behind uh just as it's about to strike her she holds up the boot mm-hmm. like behind her back to grab the meteor like it's going into the 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 leg of the boot she's also packed it full of bricks from the broken wall yes yes 
And so while the meteor might fizzle out, the momentum of the boot being dragged along by the meteor won't. And so it just becomes yes. a boot missile that hits a, a flaming, flaming boot missile. brick-laden boot missile that strikes <laughs> him in the face, sets his face on fire, and then Jolene tells him to, quote, stop being such a drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> and And so she... Uh, doesn't do a punch rush, right? The stone free grabs his arm as he goes in for a punch to deflect it and then headbutts him. Well, because her hands are destroyed, she can't punch. That's true. Her hands are all fucked up now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he gets headbutted down the stairs. There, there's a stairway in the center of the room. That's going to be important later. Okay. But he falls, what we later learn seems like three stories down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And he uses all that time to think about the power of determination. Oh, man. Determinazione. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That is truly Jolene's greatest power as Stone Free is, is dis- dispersed, but doesn't just float away. No, unravels into a string that reels through into Jolene through the star birthmark. Mm-hmm. And the last few inches fold themselves into another star before they go in. And she, like, points to the ceiling. Yeah. And gives a victory quote. Yeah. What did she... Is it just game, set, match or something like yes! that? Yeah. Yes! <laughs> But, like, this is the JoJo that was foretold. This is the JoJo of prophecy. Uh-huh. <laughs> stars upon stars. Do you get it? This is the apex JoJo. hmm Absolutely. Oh, it's so good. It, yeah, it kicks ass. So that is episode 16, which brings us to episode 17, Enter the Dragon's Dream. Oh, boy. We all read Ender's Game as a kid. We know about the Dragon's Dream. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... <laughs> The, the recap to kick this one off is just everybody's after the bone. That's yeah. the important thing. So after the fight, Jolene is real fucked up, but she's still focused on where is that little guy? <laughs> she it, it verbatim says, where is that little guy? <laughs> <laughs> and as she surveys the, the area around her, she sees a whole lot of dead people. Most of them swollen to manatee size. Uh-huh. And wonders how many stand users are in this place. One of the uh, guys we saw revealed earlier, who looks like a very buff Giacchio from part five, uh, absurdly buff, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. appears behind her, ready to choke her out. But before he can grab her, he also swells up to manatee size and dies. And as he falls, he reveals two figures behind him that we've seen before. Uh, This sort of centurion-looking dude. Yeah. And the tiny wizard. A small, old, elven wizard man, yes. This is is gray Yoda, is what this is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this tiny wizard has... He walks blurry. He has a blurry walk. Uh, he so basically he walks like an anime vampire or a fighting game yeah, character where yes. he leaves yeah he leaves after images of himself when he walks and hyper flexible joints as he begins to do his stretches before facing down with Jolene like he bends his fingers back and like I'm sure you knew uh, uh like a double jointed kid in middle school oh, who's yeah. like oh look what I can do but. He got nothing on this guy. None of your uh-uh. double-jointed middle school friends got anything on this guy. This dude could fold his hand over itself, like, four times, probably. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. 
he's he's a cards on the table kind of tiny Yoda. He mentions he's one of four sand users sent there by White Snake, and he's like, I mean, when White Snake sent four after you, I thought that's that seems like overkill. Four for mm-hmm. one, and but now after seeing uh, uh, that past fight, he's like, yeah. This is necessary. It's going to take four. But really, it's only going to take me. I, Kenzo, 78 years old. I drink my own pee and you can't stop me. (laughs) This doesn't get mentioned once, but like three or four times. That this man uh, is so spry and and youthful, like like body-wise, for his age because of urine therapy. Mm-hmm. And I cannot believe you can Google JoJo urine therapy and get relevant hits from this. <laughs> at, at least one person who talks about it is very dismissive and and thinks it's it true. is bunk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not saying that this is uh, pro urine therapy, but this man drink he own pee and he likes it. He <laughs> loves it. He credits it with his success. Yeah. I mean, he credits a lot of things for his success. Uh, some some of them seem a, a little more uh, uh, likely than others. But let's talk about Kenzo here. Kenzo mm-hmm. is spelled K-E-N-Z-O-U. He's named for the Paris-owned fashion house Kenzo, K-E-N-Z-O. Yep. His, his, both of his, his voice actors that I'm going to talk about in, in Actor Notes today uh, are just the guy that plays all the old guys uh-huh. because they are both themselves old guys. That's how it goes. The instant this guy said like a single word, it's like, oh, it's that guy. I've been hearing an anime since like 1999. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think I heard him first in Big O. He is Gordon Rosewater, the mysterious tomato man in Big <laughs> O. Yes. <laughs> he, he's also the mysterious old man in Paranoia Agent. But like, yeah, if, if you're thinking of an old guy in an English dub, it's probably this yeah, guy. You, people probably... If they've heard him in anything, it's going to be as uh, that the old guy in uh, Ghost in the Shell, standalone mm-hmm. complex or whatever. While his Japanese voice, uh, uh, because again, he's a lot of the old dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm going to move toward non-anime to, to talk about him, like Sigma from Mega Man X. Oh shit! Okay, Hot Coldman is what? in the house today. <laughs> oh man, and. A, a regular dubber for Patrick Stewart and Ben Kingsley. Oh, wow. But not Ben Kingsley's, like, serious work. Like, not Gandhi, as far as I saw. Ben Kingsley's goofy shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Jolene is here to trash talk this evil gray Yoda. Mm-hmm. Grota, uh, I will call him. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And she uh, starts by uh, uh, demonstrating uh, a a world traveler's understanding of rude gestures. It's, again, another thing I've wanted to see animated for a long time. Very iconic set of panels from part six. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, she flips, just gives him the birds. She's like, okay, I can do double birds. Double birds. Left and right, baby. Yeah, I can do American style. Or then she, you know, puts her hand flat underneath her chin. So like French style. Japanese style, pulling you know the the index finger up under the eye and kind of pulling the the lower lid down a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All around the world is a finger that says "fuck you." She says <laughs> it's so good. It kicks ass. I, I don't know how accurate it is, but I really appreciate the effort. Yeah, it it kicks ass that part. And right into the 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 like kick drum uh, of the op. Damn, damn, mm-hmm. that's a good cut. 
Uh, so, so this guy's power is that he can extremely drown people. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what it seems like until you learn what his power really is. So, okay. <laughs> this power he's doing is not a stand power. This is simply <laughs> just something he knows how to do. He can cram his hand down somebody's throat with uh-huh. a little bit of water on his hand or something, and that convinces people that they're drowning, and so they drown. It convinces them so hard, they get, like, 50 gallons of water inside it's, them. It is insane. From nowhere. Uh, oh, also, just describing the look of this guy a little bit more. Little old man, uh, skin tight against his ribs. Got a little purple cap on with like braided gray hair in the back that's that's the only hair he's got and he's just in like a full little purple jumpsuit of sorts with little spikes on the tips of his feet but the man knows how to accessorize he's got himself a a big beaded necklace that that seems pretty important to him Mm -hmm. but kenzo takes a step back and says okay jolene you aren't my first opponent though and he taps one of the bloated corpses uh, with his foot, which causes FF to eject out of the body because she was hiding inside of it. She herself does a fucking Sonic the Hedgehog move, uh, does a mid- mid-air spin dash, mm-hmm. and fires, fires on Kenzo before they land back on the ground. And all of her shots are, like, going dead towards Kenzo, but they're all absorbed by one of the bloated corpses rolling in the way of him and taking the shots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Anazui slowly climbs the stairs, and Jolene vaguely recalls seeing him that one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love at first sight. So this is when Kenzo starts the fight uh, in earnest by summoning a corporate desk toy and reading <laughs> out the bearing that it gives him. His stand, or the stand that he accompanies, might, might, might be more correct, uh-huh. is... Uh, this this uh, sort of carved jade-looking, ornamental-looking dragon, this mm-hmm. green dragon that that uh, has a big head uh, uh, and then curls up into a tail that is itself a big pointing arrow uh, that is uh, suspended in a ring uh, that that is made of the same jade-like material, yeah. and it's a free-floating, three-dimensional compass, essentially, mm-hmm. and it talks. Oh, I like this stand as far as it talking. <laughs> FF is just getting closer and closer with their finger guns, and he's just narrating out loud like the bearing the compass is giving him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and is just asking random questions like, are you going to open your mouth? Are you going to do this? And this is when Foo Fighters fires off like six shots all in a row, and they all barely miss him somehow. And so then he shoves his fist in their mouth Mm -hmm. and starts describing drowning, as if that matters, to a plankton colony that loves (laughs) nothing more than water. Yum, yum, give me more water. Yum, yum. Lungs do not enter into this, bro. What are you doing? (laughs) We do get like an x-ray shot of how deep his hand is down her throat, though, which is bad. It's uh, very bad. It's <laughs> it, it, uh, he, he damaged uh, one of her cervical vertebrae. Yeah, this, this is when we, we learn the exact mechanics of what he's really doing, which is like by striking 
uh, uh, the, this particular vertebra in this particular way, he's able to send a signal to the adrenal glands, which secrete into the respiratory mucosa to simulate the feeling of drowning. Mm-hmm. And just by taking those notes, I think I got a credit in a pre-med program somewhere. <laughs> so that's nice. Yay. Thanks, Jojo. We're learning. But, but this causes... I understand causing the feeling of drowning and that being debilitating. I mean, this is set in a post-waterboarding uh, uh, on the news world, even mm-hmm. though it was written before it. Mm-hmm. Just a weird bit of prefiguring the future. I don't understand where the swelling comes from. <laughs> <laughs> like, after explaining all that, Foo Fires drops to the ground and her neck just begins swelling a lot. It looks bad. I don't like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because this is a, a weird manipulation of like the autonomic nervous system and, and the adrenal system, the body of Foo Fighters cannot take it, even though the individual Foo Fighters should be un, unaffected, yeah. right? So so they are trapped in a body that is a re-dying Atro. Mm-hmm. Foo Fighters saves themselves by just taking their index finger and poking a, just puncturing a big hole in their neck so all the water... <laughs> Uh-huh. All the water that has materialized somehow. The water that they love. The water that they are desperate for. Yum, yum, gimme water. Yeah. And it, it just squirts out her neck wound hole, and she's fine. So they fire, and this time, uh, the shot almost hits home. It grazes Kenzo's ankle. Uh, uh, and then... What is... Okay, so Kenzo, like, when she fires, Kenzo just barely realizes in time that mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. hey she's up she's fighting again so he does like a big backflip yes uh like after getting seeing a reading from his stand that he brings out very quickly to to check something and he goes in for like a flying kick to her head but before he can hit her she backs up and squeezes herself impossibly through the the small openings between the the bars in like the guardrail of the stairs in yes. the center of this room. Yes. Just squeezes her, her body through that, and it looks cool. That, that moment of confusion, uh, my, my notes autocorrected rail into tail. Ah. I was like, what? what? I don't tail? remember this. What does that mean? What did I mean by that? <laughs> so seeing that Foo Fighters is in trouble, Jolene is like, aha, there is a fight to be fought. I'm the one what does all the fighting. Mm-hmm. But Anasui is there to say, hey, Stop it. Take a breather and watch. Mm-hmm. Dodging bullets is way more dangerous than than drown punches. So so we haven't really figured out what this guy's whole deal is. And yeah. you, you better just fucking cool it. It's not until next episode that this happens. But Anasui's going to be just staying with Jolene, keeping an eye over her, and not helping in this fight. And eventually mm-hmm. Jolene will also ask, why are you fucking helping? <laughs> He's got his reasons. He's got his reasons. Yeah. But but right now, one th- one thing he wants to tell her is, uh, as the great Speedwagon Pigeon once said, I knew <laughs> I loved you before I met you. And her reaction is just like, huh? <laughs> he, he also calls Kenzo at this point a lunatic who enjoys drinking his own piss. So he's not impressed. He knows all about this guy. He's heard rumors about him. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this guy... Uh, he used to be in Gen Pop, but then he got sent to this place years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody likes him because he's a creepy little freak. This is when we're going to get a whole backstory for this guy. 
Yeah, flashback time. Flashback time. Back in 1969, it was not very nice because he killed 34 people. (laughs) He ran a Hollywood cult. Is this... Is this Iraqi's crack at the Manson family? Is is that where we're going with this? Yeah, it feels like a, um, an amalgamation of a couple different like big cults that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Are you are you thinking of the the Heaven's Gate? Cult? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah Heaven's Gate. But yes, his Hollywood cult eventually started uh, grabbing the attention of you know the FBI and the police. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Perhaps because every member was also an elf. They, they all look elven, yeah. They even wear robes, like, they're on a march to Rivendell. Where are they going? <laughs> and so, uh, Kenzo had all the members of his cult go to a, a villa in, in Florida, which he then set on fire. Yes, uh, this was the plan. This was their mass suicide plan. They, they would all go to sleep. He would light the building on fire. Mass suicide by arson. Mm-hmm. But he survived. Ah, ah uh, he was in just the right place in the building where uh, a part of the wall like fell on him and partially blocked him from the flames. And so he was like near death, but survived and then got 240 years in prison. And uh, Anazui keeps talking about all these details and then at one point says, what's my point? I've digressed a bit. <laughs> yeah. The most self-aware speedwagon in JoJo's history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot what I was talking about, but that was interesting. Anyways, <laughs> meanwhile, Kenzo, you know, noticing that Foo Fighters you know, squeezed herself impossibly through some some narrow bars, uh, mm-hmm. immediately asks her, "What are you? You're not human. <laughs> you don't even have blood. Anyway, I'm gonna make you shed blood. Make up your mind. Which is it? What is going on? Mm-hmm. But but through uh." uh the way that stand users can see stands or perhaps through a uh, survivor vision, he can see that what's moving through uh, uh, Foo Fighters' veins is uh, not blood, but yeah, pond scum mm-hmm. is, is their, their little constituent hive bits. And so Kenzo brings out his stand again, uh, you know, held in both palms, and he just slowly starts slinking like sideways, very calculated, moving to a very specific point. Uh, and that's when the dragon from the compass materializes behind Foo Fighters, but he's larger now in his mm-hmm. own little like magic bubble. And his tail is uh, a much larger arrow pointing right at the back of Foo Fighters. Yes. And it talks. It's got a voice. Hey, it's walking here. That's uh-huh. that's this dragon. <laughs> So, so, and it is our mid-episode title card. This is Dragon's Dream, mm-hmm. localized to Drake's Dream. This is named for not a band or any sort of musical thing at all. Well, uh, uh, sort, of. sort of. It is named for the art studio of one Roger Dean, who painted all them fantasy album covers for Yes and Asia and mm-hmm. other bands in that scene. Yeah, and there there is a song called Dragon's Dream. But yeah, it's definitely named after the Roger Dean's company. And I suppose now I, I have to issue a correction to mm. something I said in the last guest episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, not every stand shares a voice actor with their user. Because to underline the 
rift between Dragon's Dream and Kenzo that will be so central in the next uh, uh, episode and a half to come. Uh-huh. They have different voice actors. So uh, our dragon here, the English voice, was recently heard as the llama comedian in the dub of Odd Taxi mm-hmm. and Dorsch in Ranking of Kings, the big, big fella. Oh, yeah, yeah. While the the dragon's Japanese voice is Brooke in One Piece mm-hmm. and uh, just generally plays weird little guys okay. like Jaken in Inuyasha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. And uh, he even plays weird little guys in uh, uh, his his uh, dubbing work of American produced stuff, like say the works of Andy Serkis. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. So we've had both Frodo and Gollum in in Stone Ocean so far, and also Neelix from Star Trek Voyager. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's an that's a fun one. <laughs> Fucking Neelix. So Foo Fighters has been trying to shoot this dragon. Like you're fighting a stand user, the stand appears before you. Shoot the dang stand, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. It faces through all the time, and the dragon says. Don't waste your your energy. I'm an illusion. You should shoot the old man. He's coming right at you. Mm-hmm. I I love the personality of this stand because he like right after that he just goes like, "Hey, I have no right to interfere. I'm a neutral party." <laughs> so so Kenzo goes high. He he comes in with a high kick and blocks all of Foo Fighters' punches coming up from below him. After Foo Fighters themselves dodges that high kick, there, there's a lot of like actual, you know, everybody was Kung Fu Fai Tehen in, mm-hmm. in these three episodes today. Yeah. And Kenzo asks himself, how does The Walking Dead move so fast? <laughs> I don't know. It seemed to go kind of slow. It finally ended. I don't think anyone noticed. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so Kenzo jumps up. He sticks his hand in the dragon's mouth. Mm-hmm. In effect, karate chopping his own goddamn arm off. Yeah. <laughs> because his shoulder melts apart, <laughs> leaving a swirling black void uh, uh, in, in both ends of this dismemberment. Mm-hmm. And then the dragon shoots the arm out of its mouth like a rocket, mm-hmm. but a guided rocket because it bends around, it curves right back to strike Foo Fighters in their back. Yeah. <laughs> and they do a very cool block that looks like an arm stretch, you know, where like oh, one yeah. elbow high, one elbow low, and you like grab your, your hands together. Mm-hmm. That stretch is being used as a block to protect their spine. Mm-hmm. Even Jolene is impressed when she shouts, FF blocked it. That was so badass. Yes, yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> I I love a character in JoJo's going like, "Whoa, that was cool." <laughs> best friends. Best friends. Yeah, it's interesting because yeah, the these fights back to back are JoJo fights with an actual like decent amount of actual fight choreography, and they actually like use some of the animation budget on this stuff too. So it looks pretty good a lot of the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yes, Kenzo lands, and then his arm, his arm rocket, just reattaches itself to him, and he's A-OK. So uh, now it is time for Dragon's Dream to sort of introduce themselves uh, a little more directly in, in this sort of pause between uh, uh, exchanges. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells us th- that the battle's result is already decided, but it's not like anyone can predict what happens. Right. Because I guess that would be cheating. You're not allowed to do that. But he is a neutral party. 
He is so neutral that he insists Kenzo share his secret because it's only fair. Yeah. Kenzo does not do this. Yeah. I love that Dragon's Dream makes it clear that he doesn't like his stand user too. <laughs> At all. At, does does yeah. not favor the man. One yeah. bit. <laughs> but as as this stuff is going on, a bunch of blood from, from Atro's body, from, from mm-hmm. Foo Fighters, like splattered up against the wall behind her during the fight. And this attracts a bunch of rats. Rats love blood. Everyone rats knows love this. Rats love blood. And so they scurry up the wall. And as they do that... They climb over a switch, the same switch that Westwood hit a while ago. Uh, uh, so all those cell doors that have been opened close again. And one of them squishes the head of one of these swollen corpses mm-hmm. in a, such a way that it launches the glasses off the face of this man through the, the like squeezing pressure. It like pops out with incredible force. Mm-hmm. And and these glasses now like shattered and like one of the earpieces is broken off and it's all sharp and pointy, flies perfectly into Foo Fighter's face and like stabs itself through her cheek and out her mouth. It looks fucking cool. <laughs> it looks really cool. Yeah. Like if they did this to themselves on purpose, it would be the most badass thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it also looks quite painful. Oh, yeah. And and this, this is what clues uh, Anasui into exactly what is happening. He has de- detected here the power of feng shui, oh, geomancy shit. for the East Asians, he says. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, Jolene asks for an explanation. Anasui seems to love explaining things. They are perfect for each other. He must marry her. <laughs> So, yes, he, he goes on a, like, minute and a half long explanation of feng shui, you know, using it to determine the good and bad areas of, you know, your house or mm-hmm, land. Mm-hmm. And, like, hey, if your house is facing the wrong direction, it's going to bring bad fortune, like, sickness to the occupants. You know, people would use feng shui to check out, like, what areas of a fortress would be the most advantageous to attack and, and all that stuff. He starts with the root of it, you know, just following the flow of energy. Yeah. And behind him, the the uh, set is the setting is replaced with this uh, uh, like stereotypical brushwork landscape. Like yeah. we're we're getting real Asian in our anime today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but basically, uh, Kenzo here has the power known as Feng Shui assassination, <laughs> because if you can attack. From the precise, correct direction, you cannot possibly lose. Yeah, everyone has an unlucky direction. And and he turns to Jolene and says, I know, it makes no fucking sense to me either. (laughs) He says, after (laughs) describing the clearest stand power in weeks. Yeah, yeah. There's a good spot chosen by fate. You attack from the good spot. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's so easy. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand the arm thing. <laughs> the arm thing is far more like, what the fuck is that? Never explained. <laughs> no, yeah, not really. The only part that is like there really is just that when something is put inside the dragon's bubble, it gets separated from the body that put it in, and then it will launch out and it, and and go towards the unlucky direction of the target or or something like that. That's about all I know. 
so, so Dragon's Dream continues to, to just be a real pal, real, real stand-up guy. And uh, uh, while required by its user to, to point out uh, Foo Fighters' most unluckiest unlucky point, the, the, sure, the direction of a sure killing blow, mm-hmm. uh, they're like, hey, uh, that's exactly what I'm doing right here. Uh, this spot right above your ear. You're gonna fucking die, so you should watch out for that. By the way, your lucky color's yellow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your lucky charm is a picture of a fish. Do with that as you will. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, I, I love I love the personality of the stand. I love the concept of a stand that hates its user and does as much as it's able to to work against its its own user. It's it's just really funny. Sukenzo attacks not toward that spot above Foo Fighters' ear, but instead more of a frontal assault, and for his trouble, gets his hand bitten. <laughs> yes. That's not feng shui assassination. You fuck it up. You're, do- you're not doing it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but perhaps, perhaps this is Kenzo's trick, because <laughs> he follows that up with a kick to Foo Fighters that kicks... Uh, uh, them up so that their own hand now merges with the dragon bubble and their arm gets torn off so that it will launch into their own weak point because this his whole thing seems to be riding the line between murder and suicide it's with the cult it's yep. with atro here yep it's just really funny when when foo fighters arm like gets put in that bubble comes off and then like shoots out and like boomerangs around and then reattaches to her and she's just like what the fuck just happened? Yeah, it seems like nothing. Absolutely harmless. She, uh, uh, a little confused. But Kenzo is super, super jazzed about it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Dragon's Dream's just like, I told you there's an unlucky direction. I'm so sorry. It sucks <laughs> for you. It's you really th- bad. You think they uh, went with a voice that would make you think of, like, Mickey the Quarterman from Rocky? Because <laughs> that's know. its role, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you got him. Come on, Rock. Come on. Survivor is still active. There's a lot of Rocky stuff happening today, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, but, yes, that rocket arm did not do nothing when it was launched and then reattached. No, it knocked some flies from off of a corpse. And those flies decided to, well, fly uh, uh, up toward the ceiling, which attracted a bird. You see, mm-hmm. and that bird came through the holes in the ceiling caused by the meteor strikes, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and then gets sucked up into a vent fan, which was itself damaged by the meteor strikes. So, so with this additional uh, uh, bit of gum in the works, it shakes itself loose. A whole lot of, of like mounting hardware shakes off of it, including this this uh, L-shaped metal brace, which which falls and starts to spin as it falls. It spins in such a way that it generates boomerangical lift <laughs> and flies directly toward the unlocky spot above Foo Fighters' ear and slices open their head like a can of beans. The yep. end. The to, end. Be continued. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, episode 18, <laughs> Enter the Foo Fighters. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, there's a counterattack implied in the title. 
So our recap starts with Foo Fighters grabbing Anasui and, and, and recruiting him to the team. Mm-hmm. Where in the recap, she calls him Crisscross. Was that a line in yes, the original? It okay. Was. Okay. Why does she call him Crisscross? I think the crisscrossing patterns of the fishnets on him. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's going to jump, jump. I don't know. Uh, but the rest of the, the recap is just highlights of the fight so far. Like, here's mm-hmm. here's Dragon's Dream and what it does. Here's why Foo Fighters' head looks like that. And now Foo Fighters is left for dead as the dragon begins to point at Jolene, mm-hmm. who says, ah, this is bad. Yeah. And honestly, he's like trying to hold her back. Like, don't try and help Foo, Foo Fighters because like you're going to die next. Like, look, the dragon's pointing right at you. This sucks. And Jolene says, ah, ah, not so fast. When I said this is bad, I wasn't talking about the giant hole in Foo Fighters' head. Uh, uh, you know, that's not a problem at all. In fact, I find uh, the, the fact that they are bleeding a relief. The problem, what's wrong, is that there isn't nearly enough blood. They're low on fluids. <laughs> she needs a drink. We gotta get her a, a larg gulp. So- so we cut back to Foo Fighters directly, where, where it's taking all of their strength, all of their, their resolve to keep their head straight and not dump all their juice out. Mm-hmm. And now I must ask, is Foo Fighters inspired by the Kappa? Mm. Is that where the haircut comes from? Oh my god, I wonder. Right? Is I'm... Foo Fighters a Kappa? Is Foo Fighters a Kappa? I, I'm I'm Googling just Foo Fighters Jojo Kappa to see anyone else has thought of this. So far, it seems like no, but I think it's a good theory. I'm a revolutionary. I'm a visionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As, you know, we, we go to the OP and we're out of that. Uh, Kenzo is making his way towards Jolene now. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then... Uh, Foo Fighters is able to get enough strength to fire several rounds at Kenzo from behind, where he is he is caught off guard. Uh, and as he tries to bring out Dragon's Dream to recheck his own lucky direction and stuff, he gets like three or four bullets to the arms and legs. And I love his reaction to this because, like, this episode is really the one where Kenzo gets a character, and yeah. I start to enjoy him. Yeah, yeah. And I think the first moment of that is when he gets shot and just starts, like, shouting about, I knew better than that, I am better than that. Yes, he's, yes. he's a prideful little Yoda man. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not pissed off that he's wounded, he's pissed off that he got he got wounded. He let himself mm-hmm, do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so Foo Fighters uh, uh, takes a moment to, to, like, address the situation and recognizes a need for two things. One, a mirror to confuse Kenzo, and two, water, with which to create a mirror to confuse (laughs) Kenzo. Mm -hmm. And then this is when Kenzo starts talking about his cult, all Mm -hmm, mm 30,000 of his followers. And how life is hard on the inside for a cult leader, because people don't like you very much. Yeah. Turns out you convince 34 people to set themselves on fire or let you set them on fire. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's frowned upon, even in prison, of all places. (laughs) And he wants respect. He demands respect because he's a nasty little pea goblin. And that's the way the world (laughs) ought to work. And he, like, starts crying while talking about how he deserves to be on top. 
and how mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. He, he used to be at the very top. So he goes for another kick, and Foo Fighters backflips away from it, rad, kick-ass, nice, mm-hmm. and runs toward a fire hose that Jolene has pointed out to them, the, the source of our salvation, this fire hose, mm-hmm. with which Westwood was giving everyone their showers. It all fits together. It's a neat little puzzle box. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all getting you like set up and reused. It's nice. So this is when Jolene, like, calls out Anasui for just standing there and commentating, unaware of the noble tradition of the speed wagon. Like, this this <laughs> is a recognized role, and it should be respected. Yeah. And, and Anasui just says, like, hey, my agreement with Foo Fighters that I swore to was to protect you. I never said anything about fighting. Yeah, I never said anything about protecting them. Like, yeah. I will help if they die. Uh, I'll help if someone comes and attacks you while they're fighting over there. That's my job. Mm -hmm. Fighting this little man is not my job. Foo Fighters reaches the fire hose, which is all, you know, uh, it's just in a big pile, kind of kinked up on itself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she starts grabbing the hose and and, and pulling it. And this is when we see that Dragon's Dream is like hiding in the pile of like kinked up fire hose. And he's just like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. This is bad. Don't don't worry about the hose. Worry about the the nasty direction that I pointed out at you. But something that I think, like I'm torn on whether it matters or not. Mm-hmm. This hose is yellow. Mm. Yeah. In the yeah. long run, things that happen with this hose lead to Foo Fighters' victory. Yeah. But also, whenever something matters. Like it gets said right out loud in dialogue. So yeah. I don't know how much to wait to put on this hose being yellow. Yeah. But as soon as I notice the hose is yellow, I'm like, oh, is there going to be a picture of a fish? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, Food Fighters is looking for the actual faucet the hose is attached to, which is kind of buried underneath everything. And this is when Kenzo comes up from behind with a big flying kick and Foo Fighters deliberately sticks both of her arms into the dragon orb. And everyone's just like... There's now just this this armless figure in the middle of this fight. Everyone's very confused about what that could possibly do. They're going to fire out directly at the the bad zone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They know this, but, but the reason they did that was to get slim enough to be able to squeeze inside the hose yep <laughs> to traverse the hose back to the source back to the valve in order to get to the water while Kenzo's kick misses obviously because they they dodged inside a hose somehow and instead his kick gets tied up in that hose mm-hmm. which is where I'm really thinking ah he's tied up in a yellow hose this this is good feng shui he's fucked yeah not not directly no yeah so at at the moment where we realize where where Foo Fighters is, it is because their arms slam into their face. Yep. Yep. L- launching them far far away from the valve uh, uh down into that central stairway that leads f- down 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 into the execution room. Mm-hmm. That's where it goes all this time. And this is when Anasui says, "That's down there is where the execution is." Remember it's Florida. They love the death penalty here. <laughs> <laughs> like he straight up just says, remember, this is Florida. <laughs> I I hope he never fights. I hope he just does this for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
We're so used to very invested, very emotional speed wagons. I like one that's just kind of flat and catty, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely what Anasui is. So, of course, I had to check the facts on this one. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Anasui says that uh, th- this uh, facility executes about three people per year. In fact, that's a high end of average for Florida as a whole. However, 2012 is one of those years where they executed three prisoners, two of whom were serial killers for that extra JoJo's juice, I uh-huh. guess. Yep. However, uh, this, this is a facility that uses the chair, as we will see, whereas uh, Florida switched entirely to lethal injection in 1999. Mm, okay. Anasui goes on to describe the chair as uh, uh, giving people 2,800 volts, though state electrocution protocol specifically calls for 2,300 volts, so I guess Green Dolphin overclocks old Sparky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you saw how Westwood was. He fucking hates everyone here. He would overclock the, <laughs> the chair. So Foo Fighters lands in the chair itself, while the fire hose that was also knocked down uh, just flops around like fucking Nobby Nobby Boy mm-hmm. uh, as the nozzle manages to turn the key and start a 90-second countdown. <laughs> yeah. And when Foo Fighters realizes... Oh shit, I'm in the chair. She tries to get up and oops, one of the like belts or whatever catches on the the you know like suspenders on her outfit and she falls back <laughs> into the chair. She gets up again and like it, it it just tons of unfortunate unlucky things happen that keep forcing her back into the chair. Yeah, yeah. The the second time she stands up her ankle has has gotten caught in in the ankle loop somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh so Kenzo gloats his way down the stairs. Foo Fighters rushes towards him, uh, firing, shoots his necklace off, and as they, they run past him, they step on one of the beads that has fallen off that necklace that I mentioned so long ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> slips and falls backwards Scooby-Doo style straight into the electric chair. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there are now 10 seconds left on the clock. <laughs> And, like, when she falls into the chair this time, like, the little apparatus you put on your head just, like, descends and just, like, locks in place <laughs> on her head. So Dragon's Dream is here with one last bit of advice. Hey, just embrace death, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Fate is what it is. You gotta, you, you just, just go out with a smile on your face. Think of the good times, I guess. Yeah. So Foo Fighters gets up one more time trying to punch him. And Kenzo just, like, dodges the punch, punches her arm a whole bunch, and, like, knocks her back into the chair. Which, by the way, listening to the English dub, I love the the guy that does the old man voice for Kenzo and, like, all Mm -hmm. the other old men he does. He's not good at battle cries, though. No, but Foo Fighters' voice is so good at screaming. I love this scene so much. They do an incredible job. But but when Kenzo does like the rapid you know series of blows to Foo Fighters' arm, he just goes, "Hey yeah, hey yeah, I'm punching you, hey yeah," and it's just like really funny to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But but yeah, they've they've been knocked into the chair one last time. The cap comes down onto their sliced open head. Uh, the clock hits zero, and like every moment, every moment you're waiting for the trick to be revealed. For like, uh, the the clock hits zero, but the zap doesn't come. No. The zap comes, and there's like a full like impact frame of of just the electrocution happening, mm-hmm. and then we cut to a Foo Fighters title card, which is different art from the first one. Yeah, where before it was all three forms of Foo Fighters seen in that initial episode. Uh, in this one, it's the 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 tall head Foo Fighters that fought Jolene in the barn, mm-hmm. and just the disembodied wrist and hand and finger gun of of current Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Foo Fighters, yes, is getting uh, you know, electrocuted. We get a close up where one of her eyeballs is bul- bulging out. Her skin is like bubbling over. Blood is oh. shooting all out of her face. She's getting properly electrocuted. And Kenzo's loving it because. This means killing this stranger who was not his assigned target means that he can finally rebuild his cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolute, like, unassailable mastery of feng shui assassination. The most difficult feng shui technique means that, that with his his honed practice and with the aid of, of Dragon's Dream, he can achieve any goal, including being the, the world's greatest uh, uh, guru. He compares himself... Uh, he says he will be even greater than than Shakyamuni, which is one of the names of the Buddha. It, it's uh, it translates to Sage of the Shakyas. Mm, okay. As Kenzo is, is celebrating this, Dragon's Dreams goes like, "Hey, man, I'm just a neutral party. I don't really care about all that." But uh, by the way, Foo Fighters did get water, and she tricked you, JoJo's trick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dragon's Dream relishes telling this old man he hates just how he fucked up. Yeah. Including, quote, It appears that FF can create mirrors using sweat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? Why so, not? Uh, uh, this, this wrinkly, creaky, hi-ya little fella <laughs> is so old that all of this, this uh, backflip, uh, red-hot kick-ass kung fu fighting mm-hmm. has made him very, very sweaty. He's he's worked up quite a perspiration. And while running past him with that last exchange uh, uh, before slipping on the necklace, Foo Fighters stole about half a cup of sweat <laughs> off this man. Disgusting. Disgusting. And used it not to replenish themselves, no, to form a mirror hanging in the air, which uh, threw off uh, uh, Kenza's visual read of Dragon's Dream's bearings so mm-hmm. that his attacks were not perfectly aimed. In fact, I don't know how he didn't realize it at the time, but Foo Fighters grabbed his wrist so that he was also electrocuted to death. <laughs> Yeah. And they shout while he is zapped, take this and choke on it. And it's so good. It's so good. And then like, I, I love these foul, angry women. It, they're, they're all lovely. Yeah, they're a whole lot of fun. And then like the camera pans up as we see like the, the light from the electricity die down. And Anasui just goes like, well, it's over. What's going to happen next? <laughs> So yeah, the Foo Fighters' other hand reaches and grabs Kenzo by the throat while his eyes start to smoke. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking rad. 
uh while yeah anasui's like okay where that bone at though uh next uh <laughs> <laughs> we need that bone. and jolene's next thing is to fling herself down the stairs <laughs> She, she wants to save Foo Fighters, and God, the way she flings herself down is, like, the worst way to do it. Fucking, she lands on her neck, like, four times, bouncing. Like, you hear her hit the railing and, like, ricochet off it, and it's just this really, like, the, the sound of the metal ringing sounds like when somebody eats shit really bad on a fucked up skateboard trick, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, God, did that person just die? Did they just get paralyzed? Like, it's, it's that bad sounding. <laughs> And as she lands, she's somehow still conscious. Remember, three, four meteors went through her body today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's a tough lady. <laughs> she notices the dragon's dream is still out and like pointing at shit, which means Kenzo is still alive, which he confirms by opening his eyes and going like, <laughs> And so Jolene decides, I'm ending this shit right now. And so she, she has a whole bunch of thread come out of her her fingertip and you know you see the her her through the through this whole exchange her theme is playing mm-hmm. and i wish i could remember if it's also playing while she's apparently committing suicide going down these <laughs> stairs i forget <laughs> cuz it's so funny <laughs> uh so yeah she she's woven this like spear tip or or like a uh <laughs> she made a plumb bob basically a very sh- sharp plumb bob Mm -hmm. uh, out of her string on a line and just chucks it at this husk of a grota yeah and as she she throws it he's able to dodge it he's got his lucky direction still Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah he's all charred and like mummified looking his eyes are all fucked up and he's just like drooling and he's got tears running down his face and all this and anasui is like coming down the stairs uh, in no like a normal human man, like in no rush. Yep, he's taking the stairs, the standard method. Mm-hmm. Jo- Jolene just really wants to know if Foo Fighters is is still alive, is still safe. She determines yes, Foo Fighters might still be alive because the the mirror she made out of the water, she had to put a bunch of her plankton in there to do it. And so, mm-hmm. therefore, there's still some Foo Fighter plankton in that little puddle of sweat on the ground. Which she grabs uh-huh. with her thread and then just kind of flicks all over Foo Fighters' uh, like desiccated corpse to 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 start reviving her to to like repopulate the colony in yeah. inside the Atro shell. Yeah. Uh, while while Kenzo runs at Jolene, leaps, says four sentences while suspended in midair. Oh my god! It's such a long. It's so funny. My attack <laughs> is imminent, woman. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Stonefree is going into the dragon. <gasps> ah. what? But Kenzo has finally come down from the arc of his jump, sticks his foot in Jolene's mouth, Ugh. diseased. Ugh. Uh, uh, but instead of Jolene swelling up with uh, uh, psychosomatic drowning water, mm-hmm. uh, Kenzo just starts rising up like, like a balloon that a child let go and donks his head on the stairway above for some reason. When I knew what was going to happen ahead of time, I was just like, oh, yep, he's doing that because of this. But if you're watching this and you don't know, it's like, what the fuck is happening right now? (laughs) And it takes a little while before we get the explanation. So you're just... That's also Kenzo's reaction. He's very confused. He's trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, He asks his stand and the dragon's like, I don't know. 
Why would I know? <laughs> <laughs> you definitely kicked her in the mouth with your disgusting old man foot. I don't know. <laughs> what do you want from me? And he just starts hopping around like a weird circus act, and everyone is very confused. Yeah. See, what had happened was, what happened was, Diver Down was inside Jolene when yep. Kenzo kicked down her throat and punched up from inside the throat mm-hmm. to turn Kenzo's legs into coiled springs. <laughs> So, like, at this point, we're seeing Anasui's oh. stand powers in action without entirely knowing what Diver Diver Down can do. It can do this. And when we see yeah. the x-ray of what exactly this is, oh. I don't want to mess with him. <laughs> this is another thing that made me yell when nightmare. I saw it. <laughs> yeah, nightmare. Diver Down, like, on top of being able to just, like hide in stuff or like have its attacks like hide in objects and come out later it can do like the josuke thing of like when it's inside stuff it can rearrange shit so yeah diver down rearranged the musculature and bones inside kenzo's legs to Uh quote make his legs into functional springs And because in all this time, Survivor is still alive and still affecting people, the incredible pain that would come with that is not being felt. So instead, Kenzo is just screaming from sheer terror as he falls down and he can't stop bouncing 12 feet into the air because his legs are just the perfect biological springs. And the fight kind of just ends. (laughs) <laughs> like, everyone just gets up and leaves. <laughs> like, like, God, the bit where he's, like, clinging to the side of a, a doorway and just screaming because his legs are all fucked up looking. And he, he's so fucked up. <laughs> when his, like, his, when the pants come down and it's revealed, it's so gross. His his legs do a zigzag now. They don't go straight down. At the end of every zig or zag, there are bones just sticking out of the skin. And there's he falls down and his legs compress when he lands. And then you get an x-ray shot of this and it's just a pile of bones inside his legs. Just a fucked up pile of bones. And he he just there's no reason this fight has to stop. They just don't want to do it anymore. They all just want to go home. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The the fight technically ends because Kenzo is so disoriented and and so unable to like do his very kick based fighting style with his new legs (laughs) that he just wanders away screaming. Oh, he lands. He lands in a bucket. He lands That's right. He's of he's course. just a pile of screaming old man flesh in a bucket and his and Dragon's Dream just like, "Hey, it sucks for you, old man." And then he that's it. He just lives in a bucket now. He's a bucket man that drinks piss. And the bucket the bucket tips over and then rolls away out of frame. <sighs> so now Jolene is left Having been saved, because Anazui kept his promise, as soon as someone attacked Jolene, he was there to save her. Mm -hmm. Left to, like, think about this this mysterious, strange man for the Mm. first time. And she gazes at him, and he's like, hey, keep looking at me with those pretty eyes. Don't you ever stop. And she's like, 
Anyway, back upstairs is is the Bone Boy. There's the Bone Boy is still there. Yeah, with a tattoo, a big tattoo on his shoulder that I think is supposed to imply that he he's got a swastika there, but they just change it up a bit so it isn't a swastika. Maybe <laughs> might this might be a little white supremacist Bone Boy, the, the mm. worst kind. <laughs> Among the worst bone boys you can have. <laughs> yeah. So then the credits roll. We, we, we get our lovely li- little song from Duffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet again, there's a post credit scene. I guess there, there's two post credit scenes. The first is just really more like dot, dotting the I's, cross the T's, busy work in, in the execution room. People are dusting themselves off and uh, Foo Fighters is recovered enough to, to gooch all up into Jolene's wounds. <laughs> yeah. But but the important stuff is at the Speedwagon Foundation, mm. ah, where Jotaro Kujo is out of his his casket tube, and now able to support his own weight uh, uh, with, with his stand disc returned to him, mm-hmm. and uh, he's sitting up, he's holding his outstretched arms, and he is attached to some manner of machinery. <laughs> I really want to know what these are for. So like he little cords with like not not like electrodes but like no. little suction cups. Yeah. And they're like they they are the size and profile of menstrual cups. <laughs> God, they are. They are. <laughs> the, the, yeah, this is one of those like moon cups or whatever. Uh and they are all attached to cables. That run into this, you know, inscrutable medical device, but mm-hmm. attach two points all over Jotaro's skin. Except for two. Except for one, it's two little cups that are connected to one another by a cable. And each one is on a different part of that, like, space between shoulder and neck. The, the like, di- divot yeah. b- around your collarbone. What are those two doing? <laughs> They're total orphans. There's another set just like that on the side of his face, like on his cheek and jaw bo- jawline. <laughs> what are those doing? And he's got one extra large, like really thick cable that's like attached to his belly button. It, it's it's like an industrial size power cable or something. Well, yeah, the belly button's where the power goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows this. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's being watched by two Speedwagon Foundation chemotherapy researchers, mm-hmm. I have to assume, in spacesuits. Yeah. <laughs> they almost look like stand-inspired spacesuits or something, because they, they're just basically just white suits, but, like, the, the sides of the, the abdomen and, like, the inside of the thigh are, like, this yeah, green yeah. with black stripes on them. Yeah, the, the like placement and ridging of those highlight panels is common to a lot of stands. Like, I don't know, may, maybe they just really liked White Album and were like, we, we got to make <laughs> our hazmat suits look like that guy. Hell yeah. Yeah. And also next to Jotaro, we don't see what's in them, but he has two picture frames next to him. Yeah. I, I'm assuming those are like family photos and then maybe like the picture taken in Egypt with all of his buds or something. But you don't get to see what's in them. It's probably the Egypt buds and a fish. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's that starfish he discovered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The two most important things in his life. <laughs> this is when my life really began, when I discovered a starfish. Yeah. Didn't you have a four-year-old at home? Shut up. 
I like her now. Get off my back. Now that I know she can punch real good, yeah. <laughs> I just thought she stole a car or something. That's a bad kid. <laughs> the only way any child of mine will go to prison is if they do it themselves <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> if they walk into prison and say, put me behind bars, that's that's the right and honorable way to go to jail. <laughs> but yeah, that's the end of today's three episodes. That's it. That's a man. man this this is some of the grossest shit. Yeah. Some the, of the grossest shit. Like part five had up to this point, at least the lar- a large, a much larger volume of body horror, I think. But these three episodes in a row are fucked up. Yeah, this is where it's distilled. This is the concentrate right here. <laughs> yeah. God, I like it's it's such a tight race for which thing is the absolute worst. It might be <laughs> the X-ray pile of spring bones. I was going to say the toenail shit. The toenail shit's the, maybe yeah, actually you know what? The toenail shit's worse because that can actually happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's oh, that's a nightmare. Like the 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 going through the eardrum thing is pretty damn bad too. But the toenail mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. is so visceral. Like, Jesus. I need to start a band just so I can have the, like, close-up of, of Foo Fighters with their f- face pierced through the lip and cheek as an album cover. <laughs> that looks so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. But but this, this uh, stretch really, really solidifies, like, who Jolene is in the Pantheon, mm-hmm. right? Because, like... Jolene is easy to call the girl one. I did it myself in episode one of Stone Ocean. Yes. Yeah. But like, if if you were to give all of them a a, a descriptor that is really like more personality based, right? You got yeah. the the gentleman one, the goofy one, the the silent one. Jolene is the determined one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Unflappable. <laughs> As long as she's not dead, she's going to keep getting closer to dead until you die. Yeah. <laughs> What's the quickest way to help my friend? Let's dive head first four stories down. <laughs> yeah. God. And and th- this stretch of three episodes just has so many really good Jolene moments and her just like, like, like just the attitude she's got, like the whole, you know, taking a tour of all the ways to say fuck you in the world to a guy. And that's just mm-hmm. the opening to a fight, like mm-hmm. <laughs> the game set and match thing. After she hits a dude in the face with a flaming rocket boot, like yeah. Uh, but also, I mean, th- this is a set of episodes that is mostly by volume about Foo Fighters. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and seeing them in a fight, seeing them just not dominate, but also just survive mm-hmm. and be. <laughs> About as willing as Jolene to, like, take damage to save time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's different with Foo Fighters, too, because she has, like, technically more survivability mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because she can just regenerate shit as long as she's got water and, like, at least one pond scum guy left alive. So, like, the ways she's willing to take damage to save time are pretty interesting. Also... Just having the gimmick of, you know, slipping through those bars or slip, <laughs> chopping your arms off on purpose to slip into a fire hose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all good shit. And like while Jolene is fighting to like save her dad, she says it like all the time. Yeah. Like Foo Fighters is really fighting to assert their personhood. 
Yeah, that, yeah. that they are an intelligent creature that is as much a person as any human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really comes out in this fight. And also, like, Brittany Lauda's fucking screams and exertions. They're, she's and so good. So good. Like, I'm sure uh, they were just as good in that initial appearance, but like the vocal filter of Foo Fighters was doing a lot of the work (laughs) and masking a lot of the actual voice. But this fight, this fight, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's... (laughs) I'm going to be going back in the editing and splicing in a lot of my favorite moments just because I want to hear them again. Mm -hmm. Like, when when they say that line, uh, uh, grabbing Kenzo and sending the the volts through him to... Oh my God, it's so good. And on it. Yeah, I think a lot of the dubbing choices for part six have been really fucking good, but especially all the ladies. They're, they're just great. It's its crazy to already be like in the middle of part six. Th- this is the closest to exactly halfway as we're going to get. Yeah. Next week will be over halfway, in fact, when we talk about episodes 19 through 21, Birth of the Green, <gasps> FF The Witness, and AWAKEN! <laughs> all caps. AWAKEN! That's how you pronounce things in all caps. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Birth of the Green. There's some real whack shit coming up, <laughs> coming up soon <laughs> with Birth of the Green. And, yeah, and, and yeah. Coming up. Yeah, it's, I'm excited for it. It's just... Part, part five might be one of the parts that's like the most consistently just like, what the fuck? Like, crazy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But part six, when it wants to, I think goes higher than part five. <laughs> Parts part five, obviously very bizarre, mm-hmm. as they all are, but but like really front loaded. Like no weird shit is gonna happen here. It's gonna it's gonna follow a logic that you will learn to read, but it's gonna be fucking strange. Like this yeah. banana's a gun. You're dead now. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me let me just make you spit out this guy's eyeball. Sure, sure. All right, but part six is definitely gets to that point later you know yeah yeah. i I feel like part six at at least on some uh fronts was really built to be uh introductory Mm -hmm. uh the way that like stands are introduced a little more slowly and and uh it it starts with a very like familiar betrayal of like my lawyer lied about who he was really working for Mm -hmm. that's normal crime fiction then after a bit you get into uh the room i was in melted and a dude karate chopped my dad until cds came out of his head (laughs) yeah that would have been episode one in part five Mm -hmm. like a different approach yeah definitely yeah i'm excited for these next three episodes and the rest of this this part honestly Uh, there's some crazy shit coming up So yeah, come back to us next week for, again, episodes 19 through 21, Mm -hmm. Birth of the Green, FF the Witness, and Awaken! Awaken! To be continued. McQueen.